All right, welcome back to day 48 of 100. And today we are rounding out our mini series on the harmony triads or uh, the object relations theory, which informs these groupings uh, that sometimes we also call dominant affect groups. Sorry, that's um, kind of a mouthful or maybe get gets a little confusing, but uh, we're talking about the same groupings of numbers and we've done uh, the 2, 5, and 8 group. We've done the 3, 6, 9 group. And today we are doing that 1, 4, and 7 group, the frustration types or the idealists. So let's get into it. Uh, people in this frustration group feel that they know what will make them happy, but that they seldom have it. And so once they uh, find the source of their happiness, they tend to become um, disappointed or disillusioned with it. There's an identification with frustration with their ideal, however that manifests for them. So they, when they become frustrated, they just kind of raise the standard and begin the search again. And so their sense of self is based on that search for an ideal. And so these types need to remember that they can find contentment by accepting their present experience as it is. And each of them have kind of a different route uh, to take in hopefully returning to um, and experiencing that contentment by accepting uh, the present experience, the present reality. So for type one, uh, their early experience in life as described by this object relations theory is that they are frustrated by their protective caregiver, uh, frustrated that that caregiver didn't safeguard enough. And so they compensate by assuming a self-protective stance. And this is part of how that, that overactive superego gets developed for once. They feel that their protective caregiver um, was not uh, consistent enough in a lot of cases. Maybe the rules changed uh, or were, were inconsistent. And so they, they compensate by kind of overdoing their self-protection, their self-parenting. And their search becomes this um, quest for ideal autonomy that would mean uh, perfection and complete self-control. So they focus on what's wrong or out of place in a given situation, and they become frustrated when they see that things don't live up to their standards, and they feel obligated to improve all of it, to improve everything. And so their sense of self is based on this frustration, and it shows that they still care about uh, making things better, and that is part of this idealized self uh, contributing to an idealized world that that they need to kind of hold their sense of self intact to to be okay with themselves. For type fours, the early experience of life is uh, being frustrated that the nurturing and protective caregivers didn't offer enough. And so they compensate by assuming self-protection and self-nurture. And what happens is that fours end up searching for ideal attention, a partner who completely understands and appreciates them, and fours end up focusing on what's missing in others and in themselves. And despite their longing for an ideal partner, um, actual people always have flaws and aren't quite um, the perfect ideal that the four is looking for. And so 
they're kind of constantly seeking validation and attention from others, but feel that they must be different and distant from others to get it to an extent. And so their strategy for attention often doesn't work. And this leads to a sense of frustration that maintains their sense of self. And then finally, type seven, their early experience of life is one of frustration that the nurturing caregiver didn't nurture enough. And so they compensate by assuming a self-nurturing stance. And sevens are searching for ideal security and contentment. And they're focusing on the fun or the enjoyment that they're not having. And so the current experience isn't ever quite as enjoyable as they hoped it would be. And so their mind quickly jumps to opportunities and experiences uh, that they could be having uh, rather than the one that they're currently experiencing. And so sevens get frustrated with the present and seek security and contentment in the future. And so their sense of self is based on that search uh, and that anticipation rather than on the experience of reality that they're having in the present moment. Okay, that rounds out our um, our overview of these harmony triads and dominant affect groups um, and the object relations theory that, that kind of drives all of that. Uh, I want to be clear, though, because... You know, this again is getting into some vulnerable territory, and it's not that these stories or these scripts are going to be accurate for everyone, um, but it's amazing how often they are accurate. And it's not that it's like the childhood wound or the lost message. It's not necessarily that that those messages were never given to us, but it's that there's some block in the personality that makes us unable to receive them. And so in these object relations scripts, it's not necessarily that our caregivers didn't give enough or did overwhelm or did um, make mistakes or something in these ways that are described. It's uh, there's an element of confirmation bias of the of our type that's at play already early on that is making us experience our caregivers in these ways. I mean, sometimes it's very obviously um, objectively what happened in our early life, um, and sometimes it's it's harder to see, and it's this interplay of um, a perceived reality uh, because of how we're wired and how we're made that that causes us to respond or interact with our caregivers in these ways. So there's a little bit of a chicken egg nature nurture question still at play. And so I just, I, I hope that this information can be helpful. I don't want it to have been harmful to anyone or, or to make anyone, um, feel that they failed as a caregiver or anything like that. This is all just kind of part of the human scripts that play out in our relations and how those, influence or interact with Enneagram type. And it's theory, it's not written in stone. So um, as with all of this, you know, take it or leave it, take what's helpful and and leave what's not. But a lot of interesting conversations tend to surface and, and to come out of uh, this material. So if you have any thoughts or you have any conversations you want to have in response to these, please reach out um, with your stories and questions and, and comments. I'd be curious to see kind of how this is sitting with you. But um, 
that'll do it for us. And I'll be back tomorrow with uh, something new. So thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, it, It means a lot. And we will keep on keeping on. We're almost halfway through. All right. Bye.